Sometimes when I begin my message on a Sunday morning, I have to reach really far back to figure out some story that ties in with the desire to, you know, to whatever it is, whatever the message is for that particular morning. Well, yesterday, uh, there we go. I just only have to reach back to yesterday for me. Yesterday, I was just kind of in a funk. I don't know exactly whether it was the cumulative effect of eight months of pandemical uh, isolationism in my life, or whether it was the fact that uh, Hannah was about to leave and fly back to uh, Atlanta yesterday. She had come up for Thanksgiving. Uh, and, uh, you know, I even said, you know, as we were sitting together as a family around in the living room talking to each other uh, and bantering back and forth, I even said something. I don't even remember what it was. Hannah could probably tell you, because every time I've ever said anything that had an undercunning feeling to it, which is not that many times, she can bring them up and remind me. Uh, there was something I said, whatever it was, was kind of a jab. And I, that's just not like me. I'm not into the jabbing thing. Uh, we dropped her off and uh, we came back and, you know, Thanksgiving didn't really, it was interesting because it was just Linda, Joshua, Hannah, and me, which uh, made it feel different this year. Usually we either go, this would have been the year we go to visit my parents, and we had done a Zoom call, but those of you who spend time on Zoom know that a Zoom call is not the same as in-personness. Uh, as much as you look at each other and you see each other and you get to see faces, um, it, it, has a, it rings a tad bit empty, tad bit empty. So the whole day, I felt out of spiritual whack. So I tried to address the issue in a variety of ways, uh, including eating hot tamale candy, uh, uh, finishing uh, some other kinds of sugary sweets hidden in our house. I had two Butterfingers in my house that I had hidden, and I ate them. And by the end of the day, I was in that sugar funk that comes with a bad day. So I just kept exacerbating the day and was stuck, really stuck. And by the time I went to bed last night, when normally I just drop right off, I have a practice that I enter into when I lay down, where I welcome whatever comes in in the nighttime, whatever dreams, whatever happens, I welcome it because I know whatever comes, whatever rises, will offer me an opportunity to find healing. And so I lay there and I tried that. I tried several other mantras I use. I recited uh, 1 Corinthians 13 to myself. I did the St. Francis prayer. I did the welcoming uh, practice prayer again. I, uh, uh, I rolled on a side. I rolled on my other side. I rolled back. I laid there uh, for quite some time. And eventually, I drifted off to sleep and had actually lovely dreams. It just took a long time to get to them. It took a long time to get to them. 
that expectation, that hope, that imagined dream of something different. Come on, just fix it. Just fix it. I don't want to hope and dream anymore. I don't want, I want it to be fixed now. Well, if that's your hope, you are not alone. I would like to share to you a reading today, this first reading from Isaiah chapter 64. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. Address, this is addressed to God, by the way. Addressed to God. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down so that the mountains would quake at your presence as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil to make your name known to our adversaries so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down. The mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God beside you not uh, who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways. But you were angry and we sinned because, we hid, uh, because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean and all our righteous deeds are like filthy cloth. We fade like a leaf and our iniquities like the wind take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hand of our iniquity. Yet, O oh Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O oh Lord. And do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider, we are all your people. This is our reading for this morning. Thanks be to God. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. Come fix this. We have messed it up so bad, we can't see a way to even begin to fix it. So how about if you do that God thing and throw some lightning bolts from heaven, shake the wind, make the mountains quake, and make all of your enemies just tremble in their boots and run away? Because you are God and... They ought to be afraid. You can fix things. And, you know, if you read this text, it's born out of a, a hopelessness that seems to have taken hold of the people. Because the prophet Isaiah, this is the third, uh, the third Isaiah, Isaiah was written in three separate kinds of long pieces, 1 through 39, 40 through, I don't know, something like 55, and then 66, uh, 56 through 66 are the three separate sections. So this is third Isaiah. The Babylonian exile exists. Babylon has destroyed the temple. There is nothing 
and everybody feels punished and put upon, and they're ready for it to be over with. And they would like a, they would, if we were Greeks or uh, Romans, we would want a deus ex machina. We would want a machine of the gods to come from the clouds and start spewing stuff everywhere until our enemies were gone and we got everything back the way we liked it. That's what we want. And sometimes I think what we want from God is magic. We want hocus pocus. We want clouds divided and chariots and flames. We picture Zeus. Really, when you, when you see most of those pictures of God, unfortunately, they look exactly like all the old pictures of Zeus. Uh, you know, throwing lightning bolts and looking mean. We want the magic. We want the fireworks, the big show. We've talked about that before. And what God really wants... What God really wants and what by the very end of this passage the prophet realizes is God doesn't care about all of those big showy things. God just wants the relationship. That's what God wants. Now it's interesting, there is this little twist in the middle of the passage I read to you from Isaiah 64. Read it. Read it. The twist in the middle. You turned your face away from us and we transgressed. It was your fault, God. You turned your face away and we went bad. If you had just kept your face on us, everything would have been fine. It's all your fault, God, that we are who we are. <laughs> It's all your fault. And if you really think about it, it is God's fault that we are even here. <laughs> Uh, if you want to place blame, the fact that we're alive is the fact that God loves us and created us to be us. That's who God is. God made us, and God loves us. So, in a way, it's God's fault that we went astray because God dared to make us. But in the end, all God is longing for is not the magic and hocus-pocus, And God doesn't want to have to show us magic and hocus pocus, so we will fall back in love with God. God just wants us to turn and recognize we've made some mistakes. We've made some mistakes. And the mistakes that we've made have alienated us from you, God. And we want that relationship back. Because let's be honest with each other. And I'm going to be as honest as I know how to be. As much as I would like God to tear open the clouds right now and fix the whole coronavirus thing, give us a couple of weeks. We'll have messed something else up. We, we can't even talk to each other. We can't even talk to each other. Some of us ignore what the CDC tells us to do. Some of us... Uh, lambast everyone who does ignore the CDC. I mean, it's, it's just all of the ways we can't talk to each other. All of the ways we can't listen to each other. Because it just stirs us up to ugliness. You know, one of the wonderful pieces Paul says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. We've forgotten how to stir each other up because we've forgotten what a relationship is really all about. It's the good and the bad all together. 
Remember that vow that we kind of oftentimes make in, uh, in, in weddings, you know, for better or for worse, richer or poorer, sickness and health, until death do us part, that one? Well, that's kind of the way relationships are all supposed to work. You aren't a friend when it's sunny outside and uh, no longer a friend when it starts to rain. When someone's facing a tough time, that's when they need you to be a friend the most or else you never really were much of a friend to begin with. Relationship is based on hanging together when times are good and you celebrate those times and when times stink. And it's not just our relationship to each other, it's our relationship to God. Do we show up to chat with God only when we need something? Can we just be honest? Most of the time, that's true. Most of the time, we wait to chat with God until we need to make a deal. Death is on the line. Something serious is happening. God, let me make a deal with you. I will do whatever you want if, if, if you do what I want you to do. I'll do what you want me to do. As opposed to, you know, I just want to do what you want me to do. It doesn't matter what you do. I trust you. Because you know what? God, you only have my best interest at heart. You only want the very best for me. Sometimes I think I want the best for me, and the best that I want isn't the best that you want. Because it isn't the best. <laughs> I'm just convinced it's the best. And I become very attached to that best, my best. And when you don't give me my best, I'm convinced you failed. <laughs> when in fact, maybe I, that, was, that best wasn't even very good. The hardest part of this faith into which we've come is the messiness of the relationship part. Yes, I would love for the pandemic to be over. People used to tell me it was going to be completely over once the election was gone. Well, now the election is over, and there were 155,000 new cases on Thursday. <laughs> Apparently, the election wasn't in a magical ending. Uh, it won't magically end when we get a vaccine. We're very close. There are vaccines being tested. Very, very close. Three different ones. One's... 80% effective, one's 90% effective, one's 95% effective, but sometimes only 65% effective. It's all a dance in our little minds. The truth is, it's a tough time. And it's a tough time for our world. It's a tough time for all of us. It's a tough time. And in the toughest time, what we need is relationships that will sustain us. Because for many of us, it's been an isolating time. A time when we've separated the very relationships that have kept us going. We didn't get to go to my parents' house for Thanksgiving this year. Um, we saw them on Zoom. And we saw my brother and briefly my niece, because she was not interested in being on Zoom. You know, she's a high schooler. So, you know, there's something about, I'm, I'm not, hi, it's me, dad, that's enough. <laughs> okay, that was pretty much uh, our experience of Lily on Thursday. Um, we got to see 
my sister and her husband and our two nephews. Now, they were all, they were younger. Uh, the oldest of my nephews is not quite yet a teenager, so he was excited by being on Zoom. He was just glad to see us, you know, so Ladetu and Tomer were both on there having a great conversation with us about what was going on in their world, and uh, my brother-in-law Dave didn't look good. We think he has COVID-19, uh, so that's the sad reality. We couldn't have seen him anyway. And my sister, I mean, it was just not the same. But you realize how important those relationships really are. They're what have given meaning to those, uh, those holidays all along. It was actually getting to see those people that kind of made the difference. It wasn't the presence under the tree. It wasn't uh, the food that you gorged and gorged and gorged and gorged some more on. It was the connection you felt with them. And by extension, the connection you feel with God. The connection you feel with God. Because I am convinced that the echo of the desire I have to be in relationship to people, that's an echo of God's desire to be in relationship with me and all of us. So when I long to be connected, that's just a small little bit of how much God longs to be connected because it's bouncing off of me. A little taste of how much God is longing for you. You know, I oftentimes begin worship by telling you something very important. I begin all of my talks now online with this way, reminding you that you are infinitely precious and unconditionally loved. And the reason I can echo that is because I know it to be true from the God who has made me to know I am infinitely precious and unconditionally loved. And so are you. And I just want to echo that reality. That in the end, it's not about the magic of whether or not, sure, we'd like things to be fixed like that. You know, how many times have we dropped something and wish we could just turn back time so we could, it would be back in one piece and we wouldn't be tossing it in our hands, thinking nothing would happen or whatever it was. But that's not how it works. It's already broken. It's already dropped. You can't change time. You can't step back. You can't make magic. You can glue it back together and let it be a reminder that you shouldn't juggle it. But we don't have magic. With God, magic is relationship. And that's what it is. Love holds the universe, you and me, and all of our atoms and bits, and the whole infinite thing that goes on apparently forever. That's what infinite means. God's love holds that all together. Relationship is the key. So as we move into this season and you long for relationship, Realize that's an echo in you of what God is longing for with you. 
Maybe take up one of these little practices. Maybe, maybe each day you do one of these. Maybe you don't have a box. Maybe you don't put together a box. But maybe each day you, you look at this calendar, which is on our Facebook page and is now on our website as well. Maybe you print it for yourself so you don't lose it. And then each day you look at the little question and you ponder it for a moment. What am I thankful for? What? That's, that's not the question every day. It is the question every Sunday. You'll notice a repeating pattern. What am I thankful for? But let there be something in this season that lets you long for and respond to the love that God has for you and for me and for all that is. Because that's who God is. That's what God wants. Yes, you and I would like a magical fix. What God would like is an infinite sense of love. That we would know it and that we would return it to one another and to God. So as this Advent season begins and Christmas is coming, can you anticipate this season by practicing love, practicing relationship? I'll have some more thoughts over the coming week about some other ways that we might do that practicing. But you can start where you are. Call somebody today, write them a note, decorate a box, Put some food in it. Relationship. Yeah, I'd like it fixed now. But relationships take time. And in the end, they're what really sustain us in this life.